Hey, I'm Robert Bradford, and I'm a teaching pastor here at the Grove, and I love saying that. When I practice my talk, I say it like over and over, because it's so exciting to me to have this opportunity to share with you uh, and to be a part of uh, this great church and, and what we're, we're accomplishing here, God is accomplishing through us here in, in Santa Fe. So I'm excited that you're here. If you're listening on the podcast, we welcome you as well. Feel free to send me an email at Robert or Robert at the Grove Santa Fe dot com dot com not dot org. Sorry about that. Some guy Robert at the dot org place is getting a lot of email, I guess. But anyways, dot com and uh, send send me some email. Let me know how I can pray for you, uh, what's going on for you, and and what you think of the series and some of those kind of things. If you have a lot of negativity, you can send your email to Satan at hell dot com, and then he'll. Get back to me. He'll forward it all, I'm sure. All right, so we, we are doing this series <clears throat> called Circle Maker. And it's, uh, it's basically about this guy. Uh, he was a, a first century BC, so before Christ. Um, he was a man in Israel who, was, who felt some responsibility or took some responsibility about a situation that was happening for Israel. So this is not a, a Bible story. You won't find this story in the Bible. It's actually written in a historical book uh, called uh, uh, Josephus, the book of Josephus. Um, he was a Roman historian. He documented this. And uh, we've taken what Mark Batterson has done in his book, The Circle Maker, and, and um, have made it into this series so that we can talk about this. And basically, the nutshell is that this is a series about prayer. And if, if you're not a Christian, then you, you might be saying, well, you know, I don't pray because I don't really believe in God and all that stuff. And I just want to ask you, have you ever said, oh, my God? So that's kind of a prayer. So I think you're kind of in still. So pay attention. I think that you're going to get something out of this. Um, if you're a Christian, then you know what I'm talking about when I'm talking about prayer. And, and the contrast that we are making here and why this series is so important, why we are bringing this series about prayer forward is because it has challenged us. We, we as Christians pray for things. We pray for things. You know, sometimes we're praying for the, a closer spot at, front, at the Albertsons. Sometimes we're praying for somebody who has a headache. Sometimes we're praying for someone to have some healing. Um, we're praying for situations with our, our spouse, our friends, to get a spouse. Um, you know, those kinds of We're praying for things. This series is taking that concept of prayer and how we typically pray and shifting it a little bit. Because we're moving from praying for things to here to this to praying through for things. We're praying through not for. Because what this guy in the first century BC, his name was Honey, what he did was he went outside and and took his staff and he drew a circle in the dirt and he stood there and he said, God, I'm not moving until you let your mercy rain down on your people. I'm not leaving this circle. And when we talk about prayer, we're talking about not just praying for rain. Lord, you know, not yet. Could you make it rain? We might get on our knees for five minutes or whatever and pray that, you know, this guy's saying, I'm all in. I'm all in. And I'm going to be here and I'm going to pray through. And Eric did a great job last week in part one. 
he talked, uh, which was titled, what, 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 what do you want from me? God's asking that question. And he talked about that and he told us a story about Honey, and he differentiated the fact that, you know, when, we, when we're drawing prayer circles, drawing prayer circles, that's what we call it, right? We're going to pray a circle. No one's got a staff out in the backyard. It's really just a concept. Um, praying a circle, drawing circles starts with discerning what God wants and seeking God. So we're not praying for, this is a name it, claim it. We're not talking about praying for the house on the hill with the Lamborghini. We're talking about wanting what God wants. And discerning that, and he led us through that process that we need to discern what God wants and what God wills. He challenged us that, that when we're praying in this way, we don't want to just read the Bible. We want to start highlighting God's promises. The Bible is full of promises. Uh, he talked about that. He challenged us to not just make a wish, God, I wish you would do this, but actually make a list of things, steps toward the fulfillment of some goal, some dream that God has put, you know, once you know what God wants, then this is what you would do with that. Um, don't just pray. Keep a prayer journal. We even went out to the dollar store and bought a bunch of journals. There's still a bunch there. If you're not keeping a prayer journal, I want to challenge you. You need to do this. Prayer journals build faith. Okay? If, you, if you're... you're I'm, you know, I just, I don't do this as well, so I'm mad at myself, a little, you know, trying to communicate this, not angrily. Look, if you're struggling with whether you believe God will do things for you or not, you keep a prayer journal. Start documenting the things you're praying about, because God has answered a lot of your prayers that you just don't remember. And if you will go to your journal and reread that, oh, and that's, all right, check, oh, and he, that's right, he did that, and he did that. Now when I'm praying for the next thing, I have this built, built on faith of God coming through in many situations. So get a prayer journal, and then Eric took us through, what, what, do, you want, what, do, you, what do you want God to do for you? Um, and he talked about the fact that we need to you know, define our dream, and what, when we prayed through that, um, when we prayed, through asking God for what, what's his will, what does he want in my life, and those kind of things. Um, we need to define that dream. We need to claim the promises that we've been searching for so that we can spell our miracle. Spell meaning basically be able to write out what that miracle is that God wants to do in our life through this committed style of prayer. So that was last week. Good job, Eric. High fives. I'll, I'll get them for you. Do you need one too? I know you always still left out. Sorry. All right, circle maker, part two, big dream. So here we're talking about, so you you did all the work last week. If you didn't, you know, you need to go do that. And then um, we did all that. So now we're talking about big dream, uh, dream big, and having a big dream. And we all have dreams. I mean, there's a time in my life where I... Um, my big dream was like to get a full night's sleep, okay? You know, and, and that's a good dream. It was a good dream, and, then, and it came true, which was great. But that could come true, you know. Um, I, I, we have big dreams, and we, we have things that we think of that we've been dreaming about, and they can, they can happen kind of on their own or with a nudge or whatever. And so for today, I want to I give a, a working definition for a big dream. 
Because right? you can have a dream to, to get married. You can have a dream to have children. You can have a dream to start a business. You can have a dream to get that, that the dream job you wanted, to go to college. Those, those are all dreams. And a lot of those dreams can just happen. They can, you know, you can get funding and things and, you know, whatever. And it can take place. So as a working definition, the dream I'm talking about today, when we talk about big dream, a big dream is a dream that requires a miracle. So I'm not talking about kind of the normal dream. I'm talking about you've, you have this dream of having kids, but you went to the OBGYN. He didn't give you good news because things weren't happening. You saw the reproductive endocrinologist, and they came back and said, you too, it's not going to happen. But you have this dream. That's a big dream. That's the kind of dream I'm talking about where if God doesn't intervene, if God doesn't step in, this won't happen. And a lot of us are given dreams. Yet, you know, at a young age, you know, we have, we have our, our kid dreams, you know, like Malachi, right? He's probably got a dream. He wants to grow up and be a fireman or, or a dinosaur or something, you know. But, but we, we have these dreams where this is like on my heart. God has put this on my heart to, to start a church to start my own business, to go on the missions trip, to go to college. But there's no way this can happen. I have no money. I have no idea how this can happen. God has to intervene for this to occur. That's the kind of dream I'm talking about. And when we talk about praying circles, we should be praying for this kind of thing because God wants to show up and show off in our lives. Right? You want to put God to the test? Find out what he wants. Draw your circle in your heart. Say to the Lord, Lord, every day at 7 a.m. for an hour, I'm going to meet you here until this happens. Because, God, I believe that you want this to happen. And, God, I know that you want to do this in and through me. So I will be here every day. This is my circle, and I'm going to pray it through until I see it happen. That's a big dream. So the question becomes for us today is like, okay, so I did the homework because everybody did their homework last week. I did the homework. I had my big dream and uh, already had it before. And what do I do? Okay. I have a big dream, Rob, but like it's impossible. There's crazy right here up to here. I'm good. But everything after that, this is crazy. What do I do? To answer that, I went back and I found a guy in the Bible. He was one of God's spokesmen. The Bible term for that is prophet. And he was God's spokesman in the Old Testament. His name was Elijah. And Elijah had a big dream. Now, Elijah was brought up at a time when Israel was really misbehaving in a big way. They had, left, they had left the Lord, they left God, and they were serving other gods, following after their own desires. The country was careening itself off a cliff because they abandoned the principles of God. And, and Elijah, Elijah was brought up in this time for this purpose, to bring the people's hearts back to God. And God put that dream, I'm going to call it a dream, that dream on his heart to bring the hearts of the people back to God. And, and so 
God gives Elijah something to do to go and get that done, to fulfill that dream that God had put on Elijah's heart. And so it starts here. It says, um, so Obadiah, Obadiah happens to be the king's, um, oh, I'm sorry. We're in 1 Kings 18, okay? Pointing at the thing. We're in 1 Kings 18. So Obadiah is the king's servant. The king is Ahab. So Elijah went to Obadiah before this verse and said, hey, go tell the king I'm here. So he does that. When Ahab saw Elijah, he said, is that you, the troubler of Israel? So he's calling him the troubler. He's causing all these problems because the king wants to run it his way, absent of God, following other gods, his pleasures, his, you know, all that stuff. And Elijah is over here going, no, 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 that's not right. Right. So it'd be like. An advisor, let's say we, an advisor to the president, we'll go before World War II because it's less political, you know, and the president's making deals with Hitler. And the advisor's going, look, that's a bad idea. Don't do that. And he's going around telling all the people the president's doing the, or the wrong thing. You know, that type of thing. That's the situation. Elijah corrects him and says, I have not made trouble for Israel, you idiot. Oh, I'm sorry, that's not in there. Elijah replied. This must be the Robert translation. I have not made trouble for Israel, but you and your father's family have. You have abandoned the Lord's commands to follow after the Baals. So Baal is the other gods, right? Now summon the people from all over Israel to meet me on Mount Carmel, which at first I thought was between Candy Cane Lane and the Molasses Swamp, but it's not. It's actually a mountain in Israel. And bring the 450 prophets of Baal and the 450 prophets of Asherah who eat at Jezebel's table. Jezebel was the queen. So 850 to single Elijah with all the people of Israel watching. That's what's happening. So Ahab sent word throughout all Israel and assembled the prophets on Mount Carmel. And they had ice cream. And Elijah went before the prophets and said, How Long, So he goes in front of all the people and he says, how long will you waver between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. If Baal is God, follow him. So they have this big throwdown on Mount Carmel. And Elijah, it's Elijah against 850 prophets. Basically, short version of the story is uh, uh, what they would do in that day was they would they would build an altar, they put a dead animal on it, light it on fire, and they would have this sacrifice to to the, whichever to their god. Okay, and the Israelites did this to God as well. The basic the, the short version, the concept of this is this: if I have the best, my best bull, my best animal, I want it for myself. But instead, I'm going to take that animal, I'm going to slaughter it, I'm going to put it on an altar, and I'm going to burn it before God. And the smell and the incense of that, you know, barbecue will go up to the Lord, and, and the Lord will be pleased. Because I didn't take it for myself, I gave it over to God. That's the concept of burning something at the altar. Okay, so they have this big throwdown, and in... They have 12 hours, and then Elijah has after they're done. 
And so they, they, the prophets of Baal and Asher, they're, you know, doing all the rituals, everything they can possibly do um, to get their God to, oh, I'm sorry. So they, they set it up, right? And he says, so you pray to your God for fire to come down from heaven to consume the sacrifice. And I'll do the same, but you go first. Okay, so when was the last time you were praying for fire to come down from heaven? Right? In traffic the other day? Did it happen? No. Okay, which is probably good because I was the one going slow in front of you. But <laughs> my wife knows that's not true. Okay. <laughs> I was the one behind you going, yeah, burn up, call it. So this is crazy, right? We're in the element of crazy. This dream that Elijah has requires a miracle to occur, fire from heaven. Okay? So he's taunting them. They're, they're praying. They're doing all their rituals. They're cutting, doing all the stuff that they do to worship their God and, and trying to get their God to rain fire. Well, nothing happens, right? So after midday, Elijah says, okay, it's my, I'm up. But you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to soak this thing with water four times. They get these huge jars. They soak it with water. Because okay? Elijah's all in. Elijah is all in on this miracle, on seeing God fulfill his dream. And he prays this prayer. He says, at, at the time of sacrifice, the prophet Elijah steps forward. That's so important. He steps forward and prayed, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel. So no confusion. It wasn't like your God missed and hit my thing. I'm praying, I'm praying for the God of Israel. Abraham, the founder, his son Isaac, and, and Israel, which was Jacob. You may have heard it that way. Israel, God changed his name to Israel. So this is the God I'm praying to. Let it be known today that you are God in Israel and that I am your servant and have done all these things at your command. This is the first time in this passage we see that God told Elijah to take these steps. Here's the dream. Here's the next steps of what you need to do. Lord, that's crazy. That's crazy. This, it doesn't add up. I mean, I have never been around where you've done fire from heaven. I mean, that's crazy. Answer me, Lord. Answer me. So these people will know that you, Lord, are God. And here's the key, that you are turning their hearts back to you. That the purpose of this dream, the purpose of this throwdown, the purpose of my life will be fulfilled in this moment. Then... Verse 38, the fire of the Lord fell and burned up the sacrifice, the wood, the stones he had set out there, the soil. It also licked up all the water in the trench. And when the people saw this, they fell prostrate and cried, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. Dream fulfilled. Dream fulfilled. (laughs) I don't know about you. If I was standing there, I was Elijah, I would have been like, wow, oh my gosh, he did it. I thought for sure they were all going to kill me. I'm like, did you see see that? Did you see that? That would have been me. 
hey, did you see? Everybody's like, no, we can't see anything. We're prostrate. (laughs) Shut up, man. (laughs) I mean, that would be me. I'd be like, no no way. No way. Okay. You're freaking me out, but okay. That's how you'll feel when God fulfills your miracle. Because you know that this is impossible. And let me tell you something, okay? We pray for a lot of things, but we pray for things that can happen. You know, I, my mom's back's hurting her today, right? I can give her Advil. I could pray for her. God might heal her, but I can also give her Advil and pray for her. And she'll feel better in a few hours, you know? Praying for fire to come down out of heaven to prove a point of God's power before the people, that's crazy. But you see what the Lord is saying is, impossible is where I start. Because what's possible for you is not, absolutely not, impossible for me. So the steps here are this. You need to pray through and receive your promise. Eric talked about those two things last week. Next slide. Pray through, receive the promise, and then you have to do what Elijah did. And this is tough. But it's absolutely, God will call on you at some point and say, it's time for you to take a risk. Because believe me, 20 seconds of courage may have been all that Elijah needed to go tell Ahab we're going to have a throwdown, you know, in between Molasses Swamp and Gain Lane. 20 seconds of courage, but he was up there for 12 hours while they were doing their thing. That was all day courage for him. He had to take a risk. He risked his reputation. He risked God's reputation. He risked his life. Because if that hadn't happened, (laughs) he would have run him for his life with a lot of people chasing him. The key principle is this that we're talking about today. If you don't take the risk, you forfeit the miracle. There will be a time in your dream where you've prayed through and you've gotten a promise in your heart. The Lord has said to you, I'm going to give you children. And you said, yeah, but the do- I don't care what the doctor said. God says, I don't care what the doctor said. I have all the power that I want available to me. I will do what I say I will do. And then he's going to say, while you're standing at Target and you're kind of looking at the crib, thinking, wow, man, if God's dream comes true, that'll be, wow. And that voice will come from behind, from in your heart. And the Lord will say to you, you need to buy that. And you'll be like, that's 200 bucks. I'm not buying that thing. When, you, when it's here, you know, it's like the bump, I'll buy it. God says, no, no, no. You step out in faith. You take that risk and buy that thing and demonstrate to me that you are all in in this miracle and that you want this to happen as much as I am willing to do it for you. Take the risk. Buy the thing. God will ask you to take a risk and you need to take that step of faith. When you know in your heart, God has said, I'm going to do it. And your prayer will change. While you're praying 
through, it will become a praise through. And you will begin to praise God for what he's going to do. It won't be that thing. Lord, do this. He's like, I said I was going to do. Lord, do. I said I was going to do it. Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot that. Because um, it hasn't happened yet. But okay. So, Lord, thank you, God, that you are going to do this. My mom prayed for my sister for, I don't know, how many years. She was... She got involved in heroin. She grew up in the 60s, right? Got involved in heroin. She was a heroin addict for 25 years, probably off and on, drugs, alcohol. My, my mom prayed and prayed and prayed that God would bring her back. And one day God spoke to my mom and he said, she will be clean and sober and walking tall and full of the Holy Spirit. And my mom said, when? Because I just got off the phone with her and it's not, I'm not seeing it. God said, I will do it. And God does what he says he will do. And then my mom's prayer changed, and it became this prayer that said, Lord, you said she will be, and I praise you for it. And she did. And God brought her. God brought her. She became a licensed minister, and she was reaching people from her background and discipling them. In the ways of God, I'm giving them a life back. This is the truth. Circle makers are risk takers. But you have to answer the ultimate question. And and the ultimate question is this. Do you believe God can do it? Right? Elijah did. And he was taunting those guys. He really I mean, he believed God could do it. Fire from heaven, really? Wow. He believed it. Moses had a similar issue. He had a miracle in front of him. He was doing the math. It did not add up. And Moses is another spokesman of God from way back before Elijah. And, and he's telling God, look, this doesn't add up. I mean, I've done the math and there's no way this can happen. And this is the question that God asked Moses. And I'm telling you, this is the question God asks everyone who has a big dream that requires a miracle. And the question he said to Moses was this, in Numbers 11:23, he said, is the Lord's power limited? Moses, it's rhetorical, by the way. <laughs> Moses, I created the heavens and the earth. I made you breathe. I created you. I created all these people. I created everything. What you're standing on, the earth is spinning through space at 67,000 miles an hour and on its axis, a thousand miles an hour. And you can stand there and think and read a book and do all these things. I can do all that, but this little miracle? Are you kidding me? Come on, Moses. Is the Lord's power limited? Moses. And that is the question that God asks us when we say, Lord, this doesn't add up. I don't have the money. I don't, the doctor said, Lord, you want me to do these things, but look at all of that. that has, how, how is this possible? Elijah's dream is to like bring an entire nation back to God. That's a big dream. But God did it. And the answer is absolutely God's power has no limits. God can do whatever he wants to do. And he can do it for you. 
And if we are praying for a big dream that God has given us, we can rest assured that God will fulfill it. Right, Eric? Right? He had a dream to build it, to start a church in Santa Fe. Dude, stand up. Look, look, look. Dream fulfilled. Dream fulfilled. Five years ago, six years ago. I have a dream, but how's this going to work? Here's a story. This is, this is funny. I'm going to tell a story on Eric, okay? He brought me the proposal to read, and it starts out really confident. And then we got to the money section of how much money would be required, and it got really passive voice. If this can this and la 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 and it was it wasn't good. Remember, I I put it back to you and I said, dude, you got to write this like God's going to do it. And he did it. Right. We all experience that crisis of faith where we have this huge miracle standing in front of us. And we're saying, this is crazy. How can this happen? And God says, are you kidding me? I can do that with my pinky. I can just sit back in my easy chair and go, boom, it's done. That's easy. So here's your challenge. If you didn't do the homework last week, could you please do that? Seek God for what he wants to do in your life. The purpose of your life has nothing to do with the couch and television. Going to work, coming home, having dinner, relaxing in front of the TV. I know it's nice, but God wants more. God planned more for you than that. Pray and seek the Lord what he wants to do. You have a dream from when you were a kid. God may want to revive that dream in you. So dream big. And if you've prayed through and you've gotten that promise, if you've prayed through and you've gotten that promise, when God tells you, It's time to take the risk. It's time to step out. He's confirmed it. You're standing there and he's saying, you need to buy that thing. Take the risk. Demonstrate your faith that you will honor him and show him respect that he said he would do it. And so he will. Amen. So I've been talking to Christians pretty much the whole time. And I, you know, I mentioned you maybe, you know, you're here, you're not a Christian and you weren't sure. This sounds pretty crazy, far from heaven. I heard that, but usually it was coming to me. And that's not, that's not the God we serve. The God we serve says, I'm ready when you are to begin this relationship with you because I have dreams I want to share with you. I, I created you for a purpose. You may think you just came to church because you got drug here. But God ensured that you were here today. I prayed that you would be here today to hear this message, to hear what God has to say to you. Because God's, God has a plan for you. God wants to work in your life. And if you haven't started a relationship with him, you're missing it. You're missing it. You could experience a crazy miracle. This lady came to me. I was 20, I think 19, 
this lady came to me. We were at the house. His friends came over, and she said, oh, my gosh, my grandbaby's in a hospital, just born. She has these, this tumor. She's going to die. And my girlfriend at the time's mom said, well, maybe you should ask them to pray. And I'm like, okay. I mean, I'm so naive. So I prayed. God healed that child. This is my favorite part of the story. The lady came back to the house the following week or two weeks later, and she says, she comes to me shocked. She says, God healed that child that you you prayed for, and God healed the child. And I said, forget it. I said, yeah. Because when I prayed, I knew God could do it. I had no doubt in my mind God could do it. Yeah, he did it. You're missing that. You're missing opportunities of God to work in your life. Maybe you have a dream and it just never took off. Well, that God, just because you're not a Christian yet, doesn't mean that God hasn't given you that dream. Because, like it or not, Jesus is stalking you. God's pursuing you. That's why you're here today. So I'm going to give you an opportunity to step into a relationship with the Lord. Okay, there's a verse in the Bible written by one of Jesus' followers, John. And he says, if anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in them and they in God. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God can, God wants to live inside of you. It doesn't hurt. It's peace. It's joy. It's love. It's all of those things and more. And a relationship with him will empower you to live the best life possible. Where you're experiencing someone you can hold on to. Someone who's leading you. Someone who says, I've got a dream. I've got a plan. How about this? That's crazy. Yeah, I know. Isn't it great? Right? So if, the, if everybody just, you know, bow your heads, close your eyes, give, give you know, a sense of, Privacy for those. If you want a relationship with God, you want to start that today, just raise your hand. Just raise your hand. Praise the Lord. Any others? Amen. The way to do that is simply we, we, we pray. We're talking about prayer and prayer is just talking to God. So I'm going to lead you in a prayer. If you'll just repeat after me. I'm going to ask all the Christians to pray so you, you know, you're not, doesn't feel weird. And we're going we're gonna to do what this verse says. It says, if anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, alive and well today, and God will live in them. We're going to pray that prayer. Okay, so just, just pray this prayer with me. Jesus, I acknowledge that you're the Son of God. Come and live in me. Jesus, I've sinned. I've I've made a lot of mistakes in my life. Forgive me for those sins. Cleanse me. Make me new. 
Give me a dream. The dream you have for me. And empower me to walk in it. Amen.